God Will Do It by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. When the Father looks down on the world, what heartache he must experience. He who is only good and although self-existing and the most powerful being of all is gentle, kind, and compassionate, so unlike the inhabitants of the earth. As mentioned in previous blasts many times, God designated the earth as a home for man. He created birds to sing, fish for the waters, wildlife for the forests, creepy crawly things to benefit the ground, and domestic pets as friends. Flowers, trees, and gems beautifully decorated the landscape. God's universal law encompassed all of creation. All was harmonious, and all creatures lived side by side in peace. Mankind was created in the Father's image, and through perfect love they were to rule the planet. Earth and all on it was in harmony with the galaxy, and the galaxy in harmony with the universe. All was very, very good, God said, but an atrocity has taken place since the completion of his masterpiece. Because of it, man began killing man, destroying the earth, killing the birds, the wildlife, the fish, the trees, the flowers. Sin had been introduced to man. Everything is now out of balance, off course, and out of timing. God's will has been trespassed and his law broken. The animals, once tame, not afraid of man and herbivorous, consume each other. The small is now prey to larger species. The greatest predator of all is man, and after the flood to be feared and avoided. Corruption and death was and is the final end of what was once beautiful and perfect. Our minds have been programmed to think the alteration or change is natural. We now accept death as the normal cycle of all things, including ourselves. We do not question why we pay for the land that was given to us by God, or why we must buy water and food, when in fact all resources were freely supplied by our Father for our welfare. Eve did not carry a purse, nor Adam a wallet at their creation. All was supplied by the Father. God's universal laws actually protected man from the very things that hold them in bondage today, if only they would have obeyed them. Adam and Eve, apparently not satisfied with God's arrangement for his family, chose to disobey his law, rebel against his will, and expose their minds to knowledge and thinking of Satan. Although on the outside, beautiful to look at, on the inside, Satan is a cruel, evil creature. He is in direct opposition to God, and the only thing they were warned explicitly by the Lord to avoid entirely. Sickness, sorrow, pain, mental anguish, mold, decay, killing and death were the result of their folly. Through the window of our existence, we are all touched by these things along with every living thing on this planet. All of creation has fallen victim to the nature of the adversary because the nature of all creation has become just like him. The enemy has molded the earth and all on it to his ways and thoughts. As man marched through time, he made many bad decisions. Poverty and lack entered man's existence. Classes of people, the rich, the poor evolved. The knowledge of this cruel and imperfect creature 
has produced a cruel and imperfect world. Man's desire to govern his own life and be in control made him an easy mark for the prognosticator to mislead. Satan cleverly disguises evil as good and good as evil. The end result is the wicked society we are living in today. As mentioned earlier, man was protected and well covered by God's law in the beginning. When obeyed, the enemy could not touch Adam and Eve. For the enemy to intervene, man had to rebel, ignore the law, sin. The law of God forbids enemy access into any area of existence that is in one accord with the Almighty. All that is in unison with God is one with Him, and the evil one cannot touch them. To be in harmony with God is to be in His will. No one can step over His will. Therefore, if we are in harmony with Him, no one can step on or over us. So we can see why the enemy encourages any and all action that will make us lawless, drawing us out from under the will or law of God so he can attack. Through God's mercy and grace, and because of the Lord's sacrifice of himself on the cross, we are forgiven when we repent of breaking the law. So obedience to the law is not our salvation, but obedience to his commandments is what brings us back into alignment with God's will, making us one with him. It's how man can be victorious in their everyday life. That is why he wrote the law on our hearts and minds to protect us, to perfect us, to begin reverse the nature of the enemy and his tainted knowledge in us. Remember God's plan is to restore mankind, the earth and all on it. His kingdom will come and his will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven, just as in the beginning when the Father told man, you may do this, but don't do that. Are we ready? Deep in our hearts and minds we know, because the laws are there, that we should not be killing each other for any reason. We should not be destroying God's creatures or the earth itself either. We know we should not lie, cheat, and steal from one another, or be cruel to man or beast. We know alcohol and drugs should not be in control, putting us at odds with those around us and destroying our lives. Even if we never were really taught, somehow we know sexual immorality is very wrong. It's the law in our hearts and minds that teaches and warns us at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. But sadly, there are many that are not even aware the laws exist. In spite of Satan, the majority of the church understands they are not under the law for salvation. But he has through false doctrine, cause the church to forget to establish the law for their success. He, therefore, has access through the open door of lawlessness to influence our daily lives, bringing defeat. Lawlessness is sin, and it was sin that put the earth and all creation on it out of eternal perfection and into the clutches of time. We were created eternal creatures, but the wages of sin is death. Now all die, not the way it was in the beginning and not the way it will be in the end. Thankfully, Jesus has given us a way to completely start over. We can be born again. He makes us a part of Him or one with Him through His blood covenant. He writes His will on our hearts and minds to direct us in the way we should walk, 
bringing us back into alignment with God and restoring our relationship with Him. Our human spirit comes alive at rebirth and is connected to the mind of Christ. His spirit enters us, giving new life, just as it gave life to Adam, making him a new creation, a living being. He also puts within us all that Adam and Eve forfeited, knowledge, wisdom, the ability to discern spirits, to prophesy and speak things into being. Our spirit man is given a language, and in the name of Jesus, we can heal the sick, do the impossible, because He also placed faith within us. The fruit of the Spirit is fed to us as well. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, giving us back a nature like His, returning us to His image. The old church that is still walking in the ways of Adam is fading. A new day is dawning, and end-time truth is being revealed. The willing and obedient are hearing what the Spirit is saying to the church and being fed truth from the tree of life, Christ. He is preparing them for eternal life, not just supernaturally, but physically as well. As obedient mankind matures, grows in God's knowledge, they will not only become heirs of the promises of God, but the recipients of them. As we begin to feed our minds on Scripture, recognize God's voice through the prophetic utterance, and listen to the voice of our spirit man, we will also be set free from the control of the enemy and his laws that end in corruption and death. When Adam accepted the enemy's knowledge, he not only came under the law, but from eating the fruit of the tree of good and evil, his own intellect grew, and he began to acquire his nature as well. The fruit of Satan's nature is adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, and hatred, contentions, outbursts of anger, jealousy, selfish ambitions, envy, murder, drunkenness, etc. Therefore, as Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy, mankind full of his fruit is in his image and nature and following in his footsteps. We can well see why Jesus said, Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Unfortunately, that part of the old church that refuses to be baptized in the Spirit will not receive the knowledge of being released for this end time. They will remain under Satan's influence, surrendering to his laws, and will physically die, lacking faith in God's promises. As we are born again, we begin to see the kingdom, its knowledge and laws, its king and creator, the promises of renewal and reversal. The Holy Spirit opens our understanding and feeds us from the tree of life, changing our nature to that of our Father. As obedient new creatures, we become vessels He can live and move through to begin restoration, setting all creation free. Our love for God and all of creation, obedience to His laws, and hunger for His truth will allow us to be the ones that fully manifest the victory Christ accomplished on the cross for us, not just in the supernatural, but to planet Earth itself. 
All creation waits eagerly for this to happen, as they too will be set free from the laws that have spawned from Satan's nature and his evil knowledge. The promises of God will finally begin. So in closing, let us read and absorb some of these beautiful promises we can have faith in. Isaiah 11, 6-9 The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. The nature of the animals, as well as man, will return to their original state, as knowledge for the end time is picked or chosen from the tree of life and consumed. Hosea 2, 18-23 says, In that day I will make a covenant for them, with the beasts of the field, with the birds of the air, and with the creeping things of the ground. Bow and sword of battle I will shatter from the earth, to make them lie down safely. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. It shall come to pass in that day, I will answer, says the Lord. I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth. The earth shall answer with grain, with new wine, and with oil. They shall answer Jezreel. Then I will sow her for myself in the earth, and I will have mercy on her, who had not obtained mercy. Then I will say to those who were not my people, You are my people. And they shall say, You are my God. God will change the nature of the beasts, the birds, etc., for his bride's safety and theirs. He will once again give us the earth and cause it to give fully the resources needed for abundant life. He promises this to last forever, so our immortality is to be returned also. In Revelation 21, verse 4 says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Are these scriptures not a reason to rejoice and wonderful promises to look forward to? God will do it all, but we must choose to feed on His knowledge and the fruit of His Spirit so our minds and nature can change. Our thoughts will then become His thoughts and our ways His. As in the beginning, we will be in perfect harmony with our Father and His kingdom will reign forever. God will do it.